For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Good afternoon and welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, every weekday, even on Labor Day. Also, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. And also on our YouTube page, don't forget to subscribe and like and subscribe to notifications. You want to know every time we make a new video because we do make a lot. Uh, we've got a great show for you guys today. Obviously, a fun, exciting opening weekend in college football. Yeah, we had the week zero, uh, but this weekend was really the first slate, uh, the full slate uh, of college football games, and we had some great ones. Uh, today, we're talking MLB picks. We've got a couple games you can cash in on uh, if you want some cash today. And also, NFL opening lines plus a couple free picks for you guys. Uh, what to make of line movements? Because we've seen some significant line movements uh, in some of these opening games. What to make of those and what it tells you when some of these games uh, move in one direction or the other. Plus, as advertised, we've got plenty of college football coming up. Uh, we've got some things we can learn from week one of college football, including how not to overreact too much. Because uh, especially when some of these teams are playing other teams that aren't very good, it's really easy to jump on the bandwagon uh, and assume some of these teams are better than they are. We're talking week two. We've got Tony T on with us uh, to kind of analyze some of these games coming up, uh, including Cincinnati, Ohio State. That's an interesting one. Uh, Syracuse at Maryland and West Virginia at Missouri. I'm really interested to see... Uh, that Cincinnati-Ohio State one because Cincinnati, uh, they looked pretty darn good in their first game against UCLA, uh, limiting them to just 207 yards on offense. Granted, I don't know how good UCLA is. It'll be a different test uh, when they face this Ohio State offense that Justin Fields looked just about as good as he could uh, in this first game at Ohio State. Granted, it was against Florida Atlantic and not a very good defense. We're diving into all of that and more. And after the break, our baseball picks, followed by NFL betting strategies and college football. It's all next on this Labor Day edition of Picks and Parlays Radio. 
And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. On this Labor Day afternoon, hope things are going well for you. Uh, right now, let's get to some baseball picks. We've got Sean Higgs joining us. Happy Labor Day, Sean. Hi. How are you today? <laughs> Doing good. Uh, hopefully we can pick some winners today in these couple baseball <laughs> games. I know we do have a lot of baseball games going on right now. Uh, so these are, I guess, the only two that are later on today. <laughs> a lot of day action, and we got two big money phase, which I definitely don't like to, to bet on. But we'll see what come up some winners today. We got uh, some totals and run lines. We'll see what happens. Right. The only way sometimes you can get value on some of these big favorites is the run line bet. Uh, still not great value, but I mean... A winner's a winner. So let's start with the White Sox and the Indians. I would assume the Indians are favorite in this one just because they're, in, in general, uh, the better team, even though they are coming off. Uh, they just got swept by the Rays in Tampa. Yeah. But they have Aaron Savali on the mound, 2-3, and three, with a 1.96 ERA. Uh, granted, it is a small sample size for him. Uh, only 36 innings of work. But he has a .7 uh, 0.75 ERA at Progressive Field, which is where this one is being played uh, against a White Sox team that just generally isn't very good. Uh, initial thoughts on this one and what's the line? Yeah, yeah, it's a 230, a big number for sure. Total is 10. And as I mentioned, small sample size with uh, Aaron Savali. here. Six starts. Savali, I can't pronounce his name. Whatever. I mean, guy's got six starts. He's a rookie. <laughs> Whatever. So, listen, numbers are good. He's got a .90 whip on the air. Obviously, he's shown good stuff in his six starts. And why I like, again, the 230, I'm just throwing that out the window. I just cross it off. I'm not hoping to win one game, and if it loses, i got to win three games to make up for it. So I like the under here based on what we've seen out of Cleveland. And that's a sweep, getting outscored 21-8, to good starting pitching here, and the White Sox – not that good a team. You throw in a guy they've never seen, advantage to him. And even for the White Sox today, we got Detweiler. All right, he's a veteran, and he's been around a while. Middle of the road at best in rotation, more back-end kind of guy. I mean, what's he? He's on a, a 12, 11 ERA on the road or something like that, so not, not very helpful. But in this spot, I'm thinking under. Again, Cleveland's not hitting the ball well. They lose their best player, I think, in Ramirez, who's having another nice season. He's out. Uh, Kipnis is hurt. So they're a little banged up with their players. So I'm going to lean on the under here. We got the rookie pitchers pitching excellent. So let's go under. Cleveland's back home. Maybe they get a little bump in their step. Could score one or two for the kid. But I'm thinking under 10 runs. Uh, for the White Sox, their offensive has not been producing very well as of late uh, to play to the under. Uh, the most they've scored in those six straight losses that they have is seven. That was once. They only scored seven once. Other than that, it's games of uh, runs with three or five. So the White Sox aren't putting up huge numbers when it comes to their offense. And the Indians, that's been their problem for most of the season is that the starting season, pitching yeah. and the bullpen is really strong. Uh, but their offense can be a little hot and cold sometimes. So uh, we'll bank on it being cold today just because, uh, it, like you mentioned, the value just isn't very good when it comes uh, to just picking the I, Indians straight up, unless there's a run line bet that I'm unaware of. I mean, I'm not taking them on a run line. I'm just uh, – I, I like the under. I come on and try to get my strongest play to everybody, and for me, that's the under. 
And that's, again, people think there's value laying 230. If you think it should be 300, I can't, I can't do that. I'm not laying huge numbers like that. I'm not going to come on here and tell you to lay that if I'm not doing that. So uh, I think the under for me is the best value. Not good hitting teams, and you got a solid rookie. So I'm, I just stick into my lane there. I'm, I can't, I can't lay 230. I can't lay, I can't lay 325 with the Dodgers up next either. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get a little more enthusiasm. You sound so down and out about your picks. I know. No, you, you know, have I'm, many I'm down picks and out. to choose from, it's, but come on, it, man. Oh no, no, no! It's just you know, it's such a. <laughs> we're just getting pummeled here on the East Coast. The weather-wise, it's just like a sad day. There's like oh, thunder. Rainy day it's blues. like. Yeah, it's like just, you know, everybody's depressed in my house. The kids are all sad. You're going back to school. It's like, oh, so it's a depressing all right, day overall. Debbie Downer. <laughs> all right, put on a smile and let's move on to this next game. Uh, Rockies at Dodgers. It's Peter Lambert uh, going for the Rockies. He's a 22-year-old, 2-5 and five on the year, 6-6-3 ERA, which is not good. But granted, he does pitch uh, at that altitude. Um, Walker Bueller going for the Dodgers 11 and three with a 303 ERA and he has been really good as of late yeah. 13 innings scoreless in his last two starts so he's going to be tough to beat and the Dodgers at home 52 and 18 they've been almost unbeatable when it comes to playing at home uh, is there a run line bet on this that might be worth value because I'm not seeing any value in the Dodgers straight up that, that's a pretty that's a pretty good home record there 52 and 18 and as I mentioned, Bueller, yes, very good. 2.03 ERA's last seven, 273's last 15. He's actually getting better as the season progresses. And run line is the only way to go for me here. And again, this is a high run line, 155. It's not like it's a plus 105 or getting something on the back. Right. You're laying 155 on a number. But Lambert, come on, the guy is winless in his last 13 starts, coming off an 80 ERA in August. Again, he's a youngster getting thrown into the fire. The Rockies... Man, what, these guys are terrible. Two and thirteen, their last fifteen games. Right, I th I and they're twenty-four on the road. They've raised, they raised the red flag. I think they've all but surrendered here. They're the red and, come flag, on, isn't it the white the flag? White flag the white, whatever. <laughs> What's the red it's, flag? It's a help me flag. Whatever. Red, red's dead. You're red. uh, green, you're green war, isn't it dead. a war tactic? You need to brush up Surrender on your flag. war tactics. Maybe you can talk to Mike Leach about that one. <laughs> Doesn't so, he listen, teach a course on that? Mike Leach, I, I don't know. I think he teaches a class in like <laughs> war, some kind of strategy. Uh, we were talking about him earlier. Sun to zoo? Okay. I must have missed yeah, that. Yeah, he's but an eccentric guy stuff. and a very, well, I don't know how we got, I'm sorry. I got caught off track. All right, let's talk about <laughs> war. But war yeah, players, so you I like guess, the but... run line bet on the Dodgers here. Yeah, I mean, Bueller's numbers. Let's be honest, he should, this should be a game where he's going to have 10 plus strikeouts and four hits, what's it, six nothing, seven nothing. Dodgers should win this going away. Run line's the only way to go for me. I mean, 155 is big, but I'm going to lay it because the, I just think the Rockies have quit. Why not? 155, it's worth it here. Well, as much as you could say the, the Rockies are quitting, I think the Dodgers are really trying to dial it up a notch because this is the time of season where the good teams uh, that want to compete in the postseason really need to get hot. And I think that's front and center in the Dodgers' mind uh, that they really need to catch fire because, I mean, the postseason is the goal for them. Uh, and plus they do have the September call-ups, fresh set of arms. Uh, I don't know if that'll be a factor uh, just because the Dodgers in general are so good and their lineup's so strong that I don't, need, I don't think they need a whole lot of reinforcements 
It could help the Rockies, now, well, maybe. They can use some bullpen help. I, I think the Dodgers' bullpens are their weak spot. Well, I mean from AAA, though. Because if those guys were good, yeah. they're probably already up in the big leagues. Yeah, but as you said, somebody could come in all of a sudden and catch us fire, those 15 scoreless innings or something. You're like, wow, we might have something here. And somebody's a little banged up. They say, all right, you know what? Put them on the injured list or whatever. But as you said, it's September. Bueller's just been getting better as the season goes on. His numbers, I mean, well, everything's just been going. Yeah. So, but you see guys like, uh, I think, you know, Ryu for him on the other side. I think he's hitting a little bit of a wall. He's been right. He's three of his of worst startings. Yeah. His, his worst outings have been his last couple out. So maybe he's, yeah, you know, that he might be, be the odd man out when it comes to the playoff time. Because it seems like yeah. the Dodgers, uh, their ace, Ryu, as you mentioned, is trending downward. Meanwhile, Justin Verlander is throwing no hitters. He's like 36, I think. He just seems to be getting better with older. time. It's absolutely wild to me that he just keeps getting better. Uh, and he's Another consistently no, no. good. I mean, that's just, I mean, three no-hitters. They're like, what's he got? Two guys who, Ryan and who, Koufax or somebody's the only guys that are more and Cy no-hitters Young. than that guy? Yeah. So, Cy Young, yeah. <laughs> so. I know it was only like two or three guys had the more no-hitters than three. I mean, Right, it's, it's, it's the Mount Rushmore of, of and I know that it's, he's joining. I know it's the Blue Jays, but still, just throwing no-hitters. Forget about it. No, a no-hitter is impressive no matter no who hitters. you're facing. Yeah. Uh, and the Astros awesome. almost lost that game. They want two nothing. <laughs> well, we've seen them. We've seen them lose some close ones already with Verlander on the hill, laying four hundred. All right, we've got to wrap up our baseball talk. Uh, those are it's, our baseball it's football picks. season. Anyway. Come back. We've got NFL and college football on Picks and Parlays Radio. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger, if you want to drop me a line. Also, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find. All right, continuing on our Labor Day show with some NFL talk. We've got Craig Trapp joining us to talk a little opening line action and NFL week one more line movements uh, this NFL week one than you would see in most weeks especially on a Monday uh, because most of these lines have been up for months uh, but and a lot of them obviously have big reasons on why things move with player movements right. injuries cuts. it's been a wild offseason too w- wild last four days I mean since right. Thursday's games we've seen a lot of trades a lot of uh, uh, players that were injured um, and just, you know, naming the starting quarterbacks. And yeah, spots, probably so. the most line movement you'd see uh, probably the whole year, I would assume, right? Yes and no. I mean, sometimes during the regular, you know, when the lines come out Sunday night, Monday for the next week in the NFL, a lot of times they're assuming injuries and right. you know, is a guy going to play or what? And then you come Friday, you start to get if a guy's going to play or not. Uh, but, you know, for instance, sometimes it's just the amount of money is coming in on teams that move this line, not necessarily right. It injuries. just seems what I was alluding to is kind of just how much movement there is around the league yeah. this time of year because there's so many waiver claims yeah. and uh, people being cut and picked up. We saw Shady McCoy going to the Chiefs, uh, which it'll be interesting, interesting to yeah. see how Andy Reid uses him in that offense because a lot of times for players, it, the, all the difference is being in the right offense for your skill set. And I think McCoy's a great fit for that offense uh, as far as catching some slot passes and, you know. 
I don't know how much effect he'll have early. You know, because right. you don't know how much. Obviously, Andy Reid probably has a lot of the same plays, but things in the NFL move and change a lot. So I don't expect he'll have a whole lot to do with the first few weeks. But well, and they're still a the very good team too. Oh, so it's like right. <laughs> they're very good on offense. So this was just the rich getting richer, right? Um, you know, when you talk about NFL line movements, some of the biggest line movements. Um, like I said, has more to do with players this time of year, like the Redskins, the Eagles. Eagles were favored by eight, now to nine and a half. I think that's just more uh, the, the span of how much is different between the Redskins and the Eagles. Eagles are going to be very good. Redskins going to have another rough year. Um, so that's a pretty big line move. What about uh, number, the Eagles? Because now um, sports betting uh, is, is legal in, was it New Jersey? And Pennsylvania. So, oh, because so I feel like a lot of people would bet on the Eagles. At, this one There's a lot, a lot of betters in that yeah. area. This will get a lot of line. Ravens at the Dolphins with the Dolphins making stills and, and Tunsil trade um, and making Fitzpatrick the starter. I think that was yeah. – most people kind of think expected that. But that line moved from four to seven. So now you're on a key number if you like the Dolphins before. I don't think this should change your opinion a whole lot because I don't think this offense was going to be very good anyway. Um, so that's interesting. It just – what it communicates to me is that the, the Dolphins are in tanking mode almost. It doesn't look like they're trying to win. Let's just right. That that's the underlying. Bengals team. at Seahawks, eight to nine and a half. Still off the key number. Still not to ten. So well, the Seahawks got clowny. Got clowny, which I always say when you get these guys last minute on trade, maybe a guy that just rushes the passer will still not. You know, he just rushes the passer on passing. Right. It's different than uh, adding an offensive guy right. that has to learn the no offense defense. because defense is reactionary. But and the Bengals also in this line came out probably had AJ Green. And since then, so that is a little understanding there. Colts at the Chargers, three to six and a half. That's more to do about Andrew Luck being right, out. Right, yeah. Um, but I kind of think that's, it's still off the key number of seven, though. So um, if, you, if you like the Colts, Who I are they playing in that one? It's the Chargers. Chargers. So, and, and they don't have the Melvin Gordon either. Right, on the road. So And then um, the uh, Lions went from a pick to two and a half. Um, so, which I was kind of surprised with Arizona because Arizona's at home. I think both these teams aren't going to be very good this year. So I was kind of surprised there, but the Lions are favored by two and a half now. And then the last big line move, Broncos at Raiders. Raiders were favored by two and a half. And now it's a pick em, which was kind of surprising because I think the Raiders, a lot of people are expecting a lot more this year. So I was kind of thinking maybe they would get more um, action and this line might move to three. So it's interesting. Do you think people are more impressed with the Broncos? Do you think it's more of a factor uh, in them expecting that defense to be really good? Well, the preseason, they look good. And I think sometimes right. people put the – I don't put a whole lot of credence into the preseason. Right. Um, but a lot of people do, and I think that's maybe where this line movement came. But, but you know, the Oakland was really good in the preseason, so that's – Yeah. Um, that's kind of surprising. But those are the big line moves for this week. Of course, we'll mention them again, talk about them on Friday, if there's any other big line movements, which might happen with injuries, um, players being cut. I mean, you just never know between now and, right. and, and week one. A We've seen a few years ago Cam Newton, we thought we were going to play, and then – Rumors started coming out on Friday and Saturday that he wasn't going to play in that line move by like six points. So we'll, we'll talk about that on the Rapid Fire NFL Pick Show on Friday. All right, so let's talk about some of these games that we're alluding to. Let's start with the Titans and the Browns. This one is in Cleveland. The Titans are an underdog in this one. I believe the Browns are favored by five and a half. Yes, the Browns are favored by five and a half, which this line has pretty been pretty steady all along. I mean, we've seen it move just a half a point here or there. But under um, 45 and a half has, has been pretty steady too, which I think both of these teams are pretty intact to where we thought they were going to be about a month ago. And I think this uh, is going to be a really good game. I think we talked about how the teams that go from you know mediocrity, which definitely I would say the Cleveland team is, um, has been in the past. 
And then all of a sudden, great expectations. The fourth highest odds to win the Super Bowl, or lowest odds to win the Super Bowl. So that's a lot of expectations on a young team. I think this might be a lot of people overbetting the Cleveland team and a Titans team that was one of the best defenses in the league last year. Yeah, it was year. the third best defense in the entire NFL, and I think a lot of people like to forget that yeah. for some reason or another. But the Titans were 9-7 and seven last year, despite only scoring 19 points per game. So and that just speaks to how good their defense was. And Mariota was banged up a lot. So, right. you know, they didn't have a whole lot of good quarterback play when Mariota was out. Not that he's been great, but at least No, he played, but if he he's on the turnovers. field, I mean, he's yes. better than Blaine Gabbert was. So, <laughs> May Baker Mayfield versus Mariota, primetime matchup. I think both of these quarterbacks have something to prove this year. But I like the under here. I think the Cleveland defense got much, much better in the offseason. They were terrible last year. I think they're going to be better. We've you know, even though I don't put a lot of stock in the preseason, they, the first unit did look really good pressuring quarterbacks. I think the Titans are going to be good again. I think this number is way too high on the total. Let's take the under 45 and a half as our NFL free play on the Titans at Browns. And remember, Taylor Lewan, uh, the Titans' starting uh, offensive tackle that's supposed to be protecting Mariota is out for the first four games of the season. So expect a little more pressure when it comes to Mariota. Could be a big problem because I think the Browns' passing, uh, pass rush is going to be uh, very good this year. All right, taking the under in that one, Craig, is. Uh, let's move on to the Chiefs and the Jaguars. Obviously, the Chiefs are probably going to be favored in this one. I believe they are four-point favorites over the Jaguars. The big unknown for the Jaguars is how good is Nick Foles because quarterback play has been the issue for the Jaguars over the past, I don't know, decade. Um, so if their quarterback play can get a little better, this Jaguars defense is routinely very good. And they won their division, what, just two seasons ago? Uh, so there is some hope for the Jaguars, but they looked so bad in the preseason that it's really hard to take them in this one. Uh, are you giving the Jags any points in this one? Well, first of all, the line opened at three and a half uh, or four and a half. Um, favored Kansas City. Uh, it moved all the way to three and a half some spots. I see it at four at most spots right now, and the total is still staying at 52 and a half where it opened. I just think it's, it's very hard to not see how bad they were in the preseason, the Jacksonville offense, and think that that's all of a sudden going to change. And, and I think it, they, they're not going to be as bad as they were in the preseason. But I think Nick Foles, he had a lot of talent and not a whole lot of pressure on him in, in Philly. He had a lot of talent around him and a, a very good defense, too, I think, there. So. Well, and he came up clutch in a lot of situations that kind of makes people forgive because yeah. uh, his stats in his career, like, aren't that great. But he had the opportunity to be the number one several right. times and, and couldn't do that. And, you know, I mean, Philly took well, – they had a choice, and they yeah. did not choose him. So. And he's still only one player. Yeah. Well, it, and, you know, he, he always has had these great runs in the, in the playoffs, but he hasn't done – Consistently, he throws a lot more interceptions than uh, than touchdowns than you'd like, and I think he's not a top play quarterback. Obviously, Mahomes, after last year, is if not the best player off uh, quarterback in the league, he's in the top three now. And right. I think I think this Kansas City offense is going to be loaded again. Like I said, I don't expect a lot from Shady McCoy first week, but man, wouldn't you like to have him as a third down back? Uh, right, you know, he definitely adds something. Uh, a lot of explosiveness in this Kansas City offense. I like Kansas City minus four. It's a little bit of a trap. Uh, spot it looks like because Jacksonville's been so bad. Kansas City is going to, everybody expects to be so good, yet the line's only four. But sometimes you just have to trust what you've seen and in the past. And what we've seen in the past is Kansas City offense and early. Andy Reid, the first eight games of the year, he's like the best coach in the league. He right. always starts six and two, seven and one, eight and no, oh, and then kind of tails off in the year and then playoffs he hasn't been great. So, but I like Kansas City here. 
minus four. I also think this, this underplay is not a bad play because I just think 52 and a half in the NFL is extremely high, and I don't think Jacksonville scoring a lot of points this year. If they're going to win, I think it's going to have to be with their defense and lower scoring games. You don't think the Chiefs score 52? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think they're going to score. I think they could score 35 points, but I think it could be 35-10 type game, and, and that's a high-scoring NFL game. Right. I mean, most times that would put you in the an over spot, but with the total set at 52 and a half, that's a whole lot of points. You're going to need both teams scoring, usually in that case, to get the over, and I don't think this Jacksonville team is going to be very good offensively. I'm not a big uh, Nick Foles fan. I, I, I loved the running head two years ago to, to get to the Super Bowl and win, but, and it was a great story. I just don't think he's done it day in, day out as the proven starter. Well, and this is against the Chiefs, too. Very good team. It would I, be I a different story if they were playing against a different team that maybe wasn't as good, but it really seems like the worst against, you know, the best. Maybe the best, yeah. I mean, I think this is... If Kansas City or, or, or New England would be 1-1A, one one let's just say. Right. Um, Jacksonville's more in the middle of the run in the AFC. And to me, um, sometimes you just have to just trust your, your gut in this I one. know. I it's like tricky this. when you see the line not even being not that moved. Yeah. When big. it didn't move. Like, I expected this line to go to 6.5 or 7. And then right. I would say maybe you, you'd stay away from this game. But um, I love it. At this price at 4, and I wouldn't wait. If you're liking the Chiefs here like I do, I'd get on it now because I do think this line – will move, hopefully not past that six-and-a-half number, but um, hopefully not to the key number of seven. Yeah, unless, I mean, and you like the under as well. Yeah, I think the under's a solid play here just because, like I said, I think the Jaguars do not want to get in a shootout. If you get in a shootout with Andy Reid's team offense, well, Pat Mahomes, yeah. Win. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I he mean, ain't going to win. <laughs> he's, he's had an amazing point. I think he wins. I think he starts off another tight NFL season. Yeah. All right, those are two of our picks. For week one, uh, taking the under in the Titans Browns and the Chiefs over the Jags. We'll be back on Picks and Parlays Radio with college football talk after the break. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is at Chelsea Messenger. And also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube if you search picks and parlays were very easy to find let's get to some college football games for week two uh with tony t uh, tony t how you doing over there i'm doing great uh, it was a great week of college football caught a lot of the games watched a lot of the replays the past two days and uh i gotta tell you lsu to me looked the best on both sides of the football in week one uh, they faced georgia southern who was a very good team and got a nice victory alabama uh and their game against Duke, I thought it went. Un- I thought it would go under. It goes under total. But uh, Alabama, 42 rushing attempts, just 3.5 yards per rush attempt there at Chelsea. I know. I think people were sweating when Alabama wasn't covering in the first half because usually that's a pretty safe play. Uh, but let's move on to some of these games in Week Two. Let's start off with Ohio State and Cincinnati. These are two teams that looked pretty good in Week One. Cincinnati, of course. Uh, with that big win over UCLA at 24-14, holding UCLA to only 207 yards of offense. Meanwhile, Ohio, Ohio State, yeah, they played Florida Atlantic, but Justin Fields looked just about as good as he could look in his premiere with the Buckeyes. Uh, how are you seeing this one lining up? Uh, what's the line total and initial thoughts? All right, so Chelsea, yeah, the Ohio State uh, favorite now 17. We're seeing some 16 and a halfs in the marketplace. Total sits at 55 and a half. I'm going to take the underdog here. This is a Bearcats. I mean, again, a strong defensive performance uh, they had against uh, Chip Kelly's UCLA team. That was experienced on both sides of football. 
They pick up that victory 24 to 14. As you said in your open, now UCLA just 218 offensive yards, just 1.7 yards per rush attempt on 36 carries. Their completion rate was only 31%. I thought Cincinnati handled the speed of UCLA very well, Chelsea. So uh, I'm going to be looking here at the underdog side in this one. Right, and 17 is a lot of points for a good Cincinnati team. That's, uh, I think it's just a lot of points to give to a Cincinnati team that, number one, has proven itself on defense. You can say that UCLA just wasn't very good. Uh, but on the flip side, you can say Ohio State didn't really play anybody either because Florida Atlantic is not a de defensive stalwart to say uh, Lane Kiffin is known as an offensive coach. Uh, and they scored 21 on Ohio State. 45-21 was the final uh, in that Ohio State-Florida Atlantic game. Uh, so things to watch for when it comes to this Ohio State team. One thing to look at Ohio State is, you know, we look at their past three seasons uh, as a favorite. They're 25-3 and three straight up, Chelsea. But they're only 12-15 and 15 against the spread. So we see Ohio State a lot of times winning games but not covering. I think this is one of those games where we could see a game that lands you know, anywhere between 7 and, and 14 points, and you win no matter who wins this game. Of course, this is a much different opponent, as you said, Chelsea, in Cincinnati that can give Buckeyes a little trouble here. I want to see how Justin Fields handles the, the pressure. Remember, the Buckeyes, uh, they don't have a lot of experience here on the offensive line, and, of course, their defensive numbers last year weren't that impressive, allowing four or three yards a game, which is their highest in seven seasons. you got an experienced quarterback and running back in Cincinnati. Should be a pretty interesting one there. I know all eyes will be on Justin Fields and how he kind of um, oh, continues his good run as, as the starting quarterback at Ohio State. Four touchdowns uh, in his premier. But also we've got to look at the run game because J.K. Dobbins uh, was, I mean, he was the biggest part of Ohio State's rush attack minus um, maybe their quarterback last year. And he had 91 yards and a touchdown uh, in this past one. How do you see the run game affecting the outcome of this one? Well, if they're going to run the ball on first down, it could be an issue because then you're looking at down and distance with Justin Fields here against the Cincinnati Bearcats defense. The Bearcats are very good against the run. We saw that last week against UCLA. They were able to plug that run. UCLA couldn't even average two yards a carry on them. This was a, a pretty, you know, a team that showed some offensive flash to close the season last year. That's why there was a lot of hype on this UCLA team coming into this season because of their, their strong finish. Of course, they pulled that upset win against USC. But I think this is where the game it comes down to this. If Ohio State does not have success on first down, it puts Fields in a down and distance situation. And I think that plays into the strength here of Cincinnati. Because remember, the Buckeyes not experienced that O-line, only uh, four first-year starters there. And they're going to face a real defense here in Cincinnati. Right. Uh, as a fan, I'm just excited to see this one. Sometimes it's tough for me to bet these games that I really want to watch as a fan because sometimes you root for the total and the cover and trying to cover a spread. But, yeah, an interesting one. Tony T is taking the dogs in that one, Cincinnati to cover uh, as plus 17 underdogs. Let's move on to Syracuse and Maryland. Syracuse is in the top 25. They are ranked 22nd uh, in the nation. They're coming off a 24-0 win over Liberty where Hugh Freeze was coaching from a hospital bed. I don't know how much stock you put in. Uh, a big win over Liberty. Uh, Maryland coming off a 79-0 beatdown of Howard. Yes, it's Howard, but still a lot of points. Uh, what do you see this one? Uh, what's the line, total, initial thoughts? All right, we've got here uh, the road team favorite Syracuse by minus 2.5. I'm seeing some threes pop up in some books right now, and the total sitting here at 58. I'm going to take the home underdog here, Maryland Terrapins, at plus 2.5. 
Uh, Syracuse opened with that 24-0 win at Liberty. I watched that game on this on stream on replay uh, last night and again today. Uh, here we go. Look at the Flames from Liberty. They beat up. They got beat up, pounded by a lot of a lot of teams last year, like Army, North Texas, Virginia, and Auburn. They averaged just 11 points a game. So Syracuse posted that upset, uh, obviously that shutout. Not too impressive there when you looked at how Liberty faced uh, good teams. Of course, my concern here is Syracuse at quarterback. Tommy DeVito, you know, you know, he has uh, three first-year stars on the offensive line, just 17 or 34 passing against Liberty, 176 yards, and two picks. That's a major concern here. Remember, the Orange are playing back-to-back -back road games. They're battling a Maryland team that has played well at home, and uh, they've shown great improvement last season on both sides of the ball, Chelsea. Maryland almost beat Texas last season, didn't they? Yeah. I think I remember it. that was a really good game. So, I mean, they have the weapons to beat some of these big-name teams. Uh, Syracuse, I don't know if I'd call them a big name yet, but they're in the top 25, and Dino Babers has really done a lot for that program. But it'll be a, a, a good gauge of just how good Syracuse is. But I don't know, how much stock do you put in week one? Because that's the issue, because Syracuse didn't really look that impressive. Meanwhile, Maryland, Maryland 79 points. How much stock do you put in week one? Yeah, you know, it depends. It depends on the teams overall, how they played each quarter. I always like to how teams finish in, in week one that they wore out. Remember, look at Oklahoma, uh, their issue. They played a lot of defense last night. Houston ran off a lot of plays. They wore down as a, as the game wore on. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't really put much factor there. But looking at Syracuse, my concern here is they're 4-8 straight up on the road the past three seasons. You know, as we talked about, Terrapins at home posted wins to Texas. They also beat Minnesota at home. And remember, they gave Ohio State that scare. Uh, last year in that 52 to 51 game where where uh, uh, Maryland goes for the two-point conversion and fails but there were 14 point dogs there you got head coach Mike Loxley who has uh, four seasons offensive coordinator in Maryland he comes over uh, as the OC at Alabama the past two seasons so uh, remember their quarterback Josh Jackson good debut he transferred over from Virginia Tech so he's got some experience Chelsea in in, in college football all right Tony T you're taking the dogs in that one Maryland? Definitely. Definitely take, taking the home underdog. All right. Let's move on to West Virginia and Missouri. These two teams did not look good in week one. Neil Brown in his head coaching debut at West Virginia. It was a win, but it wasn't uh, an easy win. 20-13 to 13 over James Madison. Missouri under Barry Odom got a loss. 37-31 to Wyoming. Um, what are you seeing when it comes to this game? Well, we got Missouri favorite here by 14 and a half. Total sits at 62 and a half. I got to take the underdog here, West Virginia at plus 14 and a half. They have Oklahoma graduate transfer Austin Kendall, a junior uh, at quarterback, two touchdowns through for 260 yards. They beat a very good FCS program in James Madison. Don't be surprised by that score. James Madison gave NC State fits last year. Uh, this um, mountain, uh, this uh, State plays bad sometimes. I'm an NC State <laughs> fan, so sorry. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. But, but yeah, uh, NC... James Madison was the F FCS number two team. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and they won the title about three years ago. So they're they're a very good uh, FCS plug, club, and uh, only five of fourteen uh, on third down. So uh, we looked here at uh, West Virginia defense, and this is where you got to look here. New head coach Neil Brown comes over from Troy, where he had success building up a very good defensive team. Uh, battled the Sun Belt uh, very well. Uh, many of the assistants joined him on this Mountaineer staff, and if you look at, it, you realize they have a lot of first year starters, but these starters are experienced in the program many juniors and seniors on that roster and of course uh, I, I would have to lean with the dog in this one Chelsea and Missouri they just didn't look very good in their first game I know we talked about not putting too much stock in the first game 
Uh, but a loss is a loss is a loss, and Wyoming might be better than people gave them credit for. Uh, but it, it's hard to give them 14 and a half points when they just lost to Wyoming. Yeah, and many people thought this might have been the big possible upset of all the big uh, all the big favorites here because playing in that elevation, I believe, yeah, Wyoming is the highest in elevation of all college football stadiums. That may have played a factor, but, uh, you know, they built that 14 nothing lead. But then uh, that quarterback for Wyoming started to run. You know, they, they ran the football, uh, Wyoming did, on, on this Missouri defense, averaging over seven yards a carry, nearly 300 yards of rushing. And when you look at Missouri, they were, they were getting beat up the middle. Uh, two first-year defensive tackles there. That might be somewhere, something that West Virginia can expose is try, try to run up the middle. Or if they try to overcompensate, maybe they can make some passing plays and find some, some, uh, some, out, some receivers out, out deep in, in fly patterns. But I think uh, this sets up here for uh, West Virginia here to try to exploit that Missouri defense. Right, and 14 and a half is a lot. So taking the underdogs in that one, Tony T is uh, West Virginia uh, to at least cover over Mizzou. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Notre Dame and Louisville because it is tonight. It is a big game, and Notre Dame is favored by 19 points. Do you think they can cover? Yeah, I, I, I believe Notre Dame can cover this game here. It's uh, 19 points total sits here at 55. I like the under a little better because we're looking at Scott Scottfield, Scottfield coming over from, from uh, Appalachian State, first-year head coach for uh, – Louisville in this spot. But one thing I noticed here with the Louisville is I'm not a big fan of Jawan Pass, the quarterback. He lacks accuracy. And of course, uh, they were dogs in many games last year and failed to win, especially at home. That, they had some really bad home losses last year, uh, Chelsea. Right. It was definitely a disappointing season. Uh, and that's why they hired a new head coach. Uh, but do you see Notre Dame scoring that many points? Because 55, I mean, uh, if this Louisville offense can't get going, 55 quite a bit of points to score. Yeah, that's why I would lean the under in this game. I, I, I like the under more than I like the, the side in this one because, again, I respect the coach there for Louisville for, uh, right now coming over from App State because App State was a very good program. He built up a good program there. And, it, again, uh, maybe they'll focus more on the run possession type and, and, and try to limit possessions here against Notre Dame to keep the score down. I think that might be the, that might be the uh, strategy here for Louisville here is don't allow too many possessions in this game because they could get in trouble. Uh, so you picked all underdogs when it came to uh, the other three games, not Notre Dame, uh, but West Virginia, Maryland, and Cincinnati. Uh, in week one, we saw a lot of underdogs doing big things. We saw Nevada uh, with that big upset over Purdue with that, I think it was 56-yard field goal at the end to win it. Uh, why do you think underdogs, do they perform better at the start of the season or at the end, and why? It it all depends on the matchups. I think when you look at inexperience, that is really the, 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 the guessing game in this game early, early on. You don't know how those first-year starters are going to do. The coaching changes. You feel more confident when you have situations uh, like we talked about last week, when you have a, a big school with a starting offensive line against a small school with, with uh, inexperience on the defensive line, how you can exploit those situations. And uh, I, think, I think it all depends. It's, it gets a game-by-game situation. And you look, got to look at experience, quarterback play, coaching as well, as well as those offensive and defensive lines, how they're going to hold up for four first quarters, for four uh, quarters there, because you don't know how they're going to handle them. Remember, they've been practicing. You don't know how they're going to handle game situations. Of course, playing that long game, uh, 60 minutes on the field. Right. So... College football is always interesting. It's a little different than the NFL because it just seems a little more unpredictable, and that's why we love it. Uh, when we get back from the break, we'll recap all of our picks from the day on Picks and Parlays Radio.
And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on Sports Byline Broadcast Network on this Labor Day afternoon. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. And also, we are here every weekday, rain or shine, holiday or not, for the most part, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, on every weekday if you want to join us right now. Let's get to some of our picks from the day in case you weren't listening or if you're just joining us don't worry we've got you covered and we're about to recap all of those picks starting now let's start with baseball Sean Higgs gave us two of his picks uh, for the later games White Sox at Indians taking the under in that one less than 10 runs Rockies at Dodgers take the run line on the Dodgers minus 155 because the Dodgers have been so good at home and Walker Bueller is just he's been really good too. 12 uh, 13 straight uh, innings of scoreless work Craig Trapp came on to talk about NFL betting strategies and also a couple picks for week one Titans at Browns taking the under 45 and a half Chiefs and Jags taking the Chiefs minus four and then finally our college football week two picks Cincinnati at Ohio State Tony T is taking the dogs in this one Cincinnati at plus 17 Syracuse at Maryland the home dogs is who Tony T likes in this one Maryland at plus two and a half West Virginia at Missouri we're taking the Mountaineers in this one to at least cover at plus 14 and a half that is our show for today uh, we hope you join us tomorrow for much more. Also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube if you want to leave a comment. Just search Picks and Parlays. We're back tomorrow afternoon at 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern on Picks and Parlays Radio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.